Welcome to our talks, a spontaneous conversation with an expert in collaboration, innovation, or topics we're just curious about. With these talks, we want to share knowledge, best practices, fresh ideas, opinions, or new ways of working together to give you inspiration to our followers and members. Today, we are here in Amsterdam with Gina De Cheona, co-founder and CEO of Aprende Conmigo, who is helping talent to make their businesses between Europe, Latin America, Spain, and Denmark. She is named Young Entrepreneur of the Erasmus European Commission Programme of 2017 and she is named Woman Business Angel by the European Commission Initiative of 2018. Previously, she co-founded the record label Poland Records with two Grammy-winning artists and back to her native Colombia days, she created and produced the national TV show Colombia called Entrepreneurs, who was the starting point of her new venture Emprende Conmigo. We had an in-depth conversation on IP. What is happening with the IP, within collaborations between professors and corporates, how to standardize the process, how to protect an idea, and what is important in life. Hi, Yuna, welcome. Hi, Jara. Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> uh, you are now in Amsterdam, so it's... Yes. Very nice to talk to you and to record this podcast for us because I know you are super busy and you are living in Madrid. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here and happy to attend this podcast. So I want to know because you have a super interesting story. How you became and you create your incubator investment fund uh, coming from IP Lawyer? Well, it's a very, very funny story. It's a lot of serendipity and a lot about... Uh, connecting points, what Steve Jobs talked about connecting points, it's real. Um, I, uh, I'm an IP lawyer with 12 years of experience. I work with universities. I worked with creative people. I did entrepreneurship with, when entrepreneurship was not a fashion. I love to see talented uh, creative people and build assets and then help those assets become a business model. So I did this by intuition. I believe in creativity. I believe in innovation 200%. My slogan in my incubator is like, the more crazy your idea, the best I'm there for you. You know, I, I believe in crazy people. So I believe that talent is the most important resource. Uh, with talent, you build assets, then you build a business model, and then you find money. Money, it's easy when there's a good product. Um, so it's all about focusing in competitive advantage to to have very clear where the entrepreneur or the project or the startup is going and everything can be innovative it can people most of the people relate innovation just with patents but you can be innovative in the way you attend your clients in the way you the cost of acquisition of clients that's a very important um, measurement uh, as an investment, the investor always looks for the uh, cost of acquisition of the client. So you can innovate in different ways, in the way you communicate your, your product or your service, in the way you handle the relationship with your network, with your uh, investors. Everything can be an, in, an innovative solution. And at the end, innovation, it's uh, a product of a service. At the end, all the innovation process has to land 
And I know uh, you had a TV program in Colombia. Yes, I wanted to work just with creative people. I had my clients that were corporate, but I saw a market that needed more of my services, that were the creative people, that they feared to get into a law firm. I started to dress differently, like more, more, more into that market because I wanted to be the lawyer of the creative people. So I started like this, and then in a moment like uh, of meditation, I was really like not happy with uh, being just a lawyer. You know, I needed something more deep, you know, like a personal thing, a personal mission or whatever you call it. And I was in this meditation and I was say, okay, these people that I want to work with are the creative people, but they don't have money to pay my services because I had big fees as a lawyer. So what solution should I, should I have to this problem? And then I say, okay, <laughs> like this, a very, a very easy idea. I will do a TV show. It was like a revelation. I will do a TV show. I will give the knowledge for free for them and make someone else to pay it through sponsorship. So I started looking for the money and also developing my communication skills. So I took some lessons. I developed the talent. I invested in developing the talent. And then I got everything and the TV show went to TV. It was a big su success because it was like talking about patents and trademarks. So it was like communicating in a very easy way things that are very complicated to explain. Yeah. And I love it because I could combine my knowledge with my passion, that is communication. So for me, like, okay, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And my second guest as a, for my TV show was a very famous angel investor. So I saw everything. I saw the ecosystem there, you know? I detect the asset. I protect the asset, I build a business model based in the asset, and then I found the money. So I saw it immediately, you know, like, okay, this is it. And that's how the, how the business model came to reality. So what I do now is I discover the talent of uh, entrepreneurs and I match, match them with investors doing the whole negotiation process because it's also a lot about um, breaking cultural barriers and thinking that it doesn't matter where an entrepreneur is born as long as he or she has a global vision mm -hmm. he can he can go everywhere and he can have an investor with a international mindset that can put his startup in a different level it's like you mentioned at the beginning it's a very easy to explain and very difficult to execute yes the execution in entrepreneurship it's it's crazy it's a lot of work a lot of persistence a lot of believing in what you you vision yeah, the inside out yes entrepreneurship and innovation yes like you connected it yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's the most powerful vision you can get yes as an investor i have a, a crazy criteria i see more the mindset of the entrepreneur than even the business model i think if a person is determined to be successful mm -hmm. he will be successful mm -hmm. so i bet for the person mm -hmm. that's my criteria and I think it's very good to know, no, we have to trust what we know and what to know ourselves, but it's, of course, a long 
I started entrepreneurship not with a business model. I started myself entrepreneurship with intuition. So I believe that as I start, I started something based on intuition and it resulted in a business model. I do believe in other people like this. And I have a, as a references as, as the big entrepreneurs, uh, Walt Disney, he was just smelling opportunity and he had a lot of obstacles. They stole her his IP, his copyright, and he didn't care. He developed another cartoon that was Mickey Mouse that became more famous than Oswald that, that was the, the, the rabbit he started with. And Steve Jobs as well. And he made people consume, he sold people something that people didn't know that they needed. That is the most amazing thing. Convincing a market that they need something, you invent it. That has more value than just uh, duplicating a business model that works in another country and just adapting numbers and adapting the market strategy and that's it. You know, it's what your, your brain produces. So it's up to the owner to determine how they protect it, how open they can be or they want to be. Maybe we can start from the beginning. <laughs> What is IP? Well, IP is intellectual property. It's the way you protect your creativity. It's the way you protect what your mind produces. You see it a lot in the in the music industry because the artists for the creative people they have a really strong bond with their uh with their creations mm -hmm. you know it's like their sons so ip is the regulation of intellectual property the property de de uh, coming from your in intellect and it's uh, a regulation that is signed by the world uh, intellectual property organization that's an organization part of the UN. So all of the countries commit to protect their IP in different ways, but all of them being part of an international regulation. It's a very serious matter when you negotiate um, commercial treaties between the, between the countries. It's a very delicate matter. You're the owner. The, the creative person, the person who develops something is the owner. So now from university perspective, mm -hmm. like the professors, they are working for universities who mm -hmm. are there, they are providing and they are doing research. Mm -hmm. But as well, they have this special individual creativeness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then how these professors, they can work with businesses mm -hmm. and coming from universities mm -hmm. and leveraging this IP? Well, when, when there is a creative person that has a contract, a labor contract, or a, sometime, some, somehow a vinculation with a university, in, in, in this case the professors, usually the IP is transferred to the university. You know, there's a, a legal assumption that if someone pays you to, to do a research, The person who is paying for the research is the owner of the IP. It depends on the policy, IP policy of each university. So this is one relation, like the labor relationship between the professor and the university, but the professor itself has its mind and its, its creativity. That's free, you know? Yeah. The, the, the university is not the owner of the mind of yeah, the professor, exactly. you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So if, for example, some, some teacher, some professor is working on medical devices, but in his free time he developed, I don't know, like a 
technological solution or a software regarding a fintech that has nothing to do with his work, that knowledge and that IP is his. And he can negotiate free by himself with some industry, you know? So it's everything about knowing how to negotiate because the, the market, the business knows about the market and they know how to produce money with that IP. Yeah. So it's matching the knowledge and the IP with and the assets the, uh, resulting from IP with the ones who know how to produce money with the assets. So immediately it's not a success product in the market, we can mm -hmm. say. It's mm -hmm. not like making money from mm -hmm. this knowledge directly mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. some cases. Mm -hmm. So how business and professors or universities, they can leverage this IPO? Well, uh, it can be like an advisory fee, mm -hmm. you know, between the professor as an expert in some yeah. field, giving uh, advice to a, to a company or generating an agreement that whatever uh, it's delivered from there will have some royalties for the professor. But it depends case by case in what type of IP we're talking about because it's very different a patent from uh, industrial secret. It's very important in business to align expectations. That's a more to avoid conflict. When expectations are clear for both parts, everything is easy to manage. If, if the if the university thinks the professor is going for free, it's like when expectations are aligned, they should be very easy to come into agreement. And I think, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like this making both bringing together the business with the professor, mm -hmm. the business that know how to do business development. Yes. So, okay, I have this knowledge. Help me to leverage this exactly. and to make money, money with it. With it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that should be the way, you know. I think people should focus on what they know how to do better. Mm -hmm. So the professor continue in, in doing research and the company should be focused on doing money. You know, it's more difficult to make a, a professor to learn about finance, about accountants, about marketing. You know, it's, it's doing two times the effort. People should focus on what they do best. And the talent of the professor is um, doing research and the talent of the company is selling and making money. So Thank I wanted you. to finish with more uh, personal, not too uh -huh. hardcore knowledge <laughs> conversation. What is your favorite place for holiday? Well, that's a interesting question. I'm a, I'm a traveler. I love exploring different cultures, but a country, it's a different. It's a difficult question because I love many countries. Um, I really love the Netherlands. I lived here for nine months. I love it in summer. In winter, can be difficult for me because I am born in a country that we we are able to have sun the whole year. So it's difficult. The lack of sun for me, but it's a wonderful country. And as well, I think that um, emotions are also really good. And I think these Nordic countries have everything to be happy, uh, everything to, to be ultra happy. And sometimes you see, you see people with so perfect life, uh, with countries so perfect like this. <laughs> I come from a very chaotic country. But sometimes I, I see people with less, uh, more happy.
So it's something curious, you it's know. It's not about ownership. It's yes. more about experiences and mindset. Yes, and and, and mindset. And it's very curious. Like you are coming from a paradise country for holidays. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we can say. Yes. Like you prefer to be on holidays to have another feeling, like yes. in the Netherlands or, or Denmark. Yes. Yes. I I love it because it's it's also calmness. I feel that here. That for me, Spain, that is where I lived and it's your country that I, I love it. I, I really love Spain. For me, Spain is the balance because it's like the, yes, it's the passion and disorder of my country. It's good to have an outsider perspective. Yes. It's a little bit uh, uh, flexible, mm -hmm. you know, it's a bit of an easy way of living, you know, not so strict, very close to my culture, but it has the pragmatic and the organization and the evolution of Europe. So I, I love the international vibe of Amsterdam. I now, coming comes from Spain to here, I feel like coming to New York, you know, to the, to the city, you know? They have this feeling as well, that's why I like Amsterdam. It's, it's really nice and it's, it's very, it's like a very young city. You feel young all the time. I don't know, it, it has a really good, good vibe. I, I really love it. And I am a fan of Scandinavia also. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the way they manage emotions, the way they see life, the way they live life. It's very different. I think I bring from me the passion from Colombia that I think it's very important in life and in business. Because it's always good to, to be happy and to, and to enjoy life. And that's something my country teaches you very well. Whatever problem there is, there's always time to be happy and to party. You know, in Colombia, everything is about enjoying life. And I'm always open of learning from different cultures. I love it. So inspirational. <laughs> no, Jada, thank you very much. Oh my much. God, yeah. Um, maybe last question to know you better uh -huh. for the audience is, what are you doing with your spare time? So weekends or evenings? Well, that's an interesting question because my startup in Colombia was my hobby. I was a formal IP lawyer, have a beautiful office, you know. I work from 8 to 6, 7. And from 7 to 10, I was all about entrepreneurship. So I saw in Netflix movies about entrepreneurship. I read about entrepreneurship. It was my, my passion. My TV show was my, my hobby, was my passion. So now the passion became my work. So it's curious because I, I, I miss my hobby, you know, that was my hobby. Now my hobby is my work. Okay, so I, find, I have to find a new hobby. So I love reading. I love to, to read about personal development. I, I like it a lot. I, li I love meeting new people. I think that's my passion. I connect really well with people. I, I, I like the feeling of connecting people and to get to know people. Meeting people for me is really nice. I try to do some exercise. Also, I love watching the water. So I miss that from Amsterdam. So I, I like to, to be in contact with my friends, with my emotions that we were talking. I love music. I love watching movies. Um, yes, like chilling in your, in your own in your own world, but I'm a person who's always thinking. Yeah, that's one of the, I think I have some questions always in my life. How you can be so nice and be tight at the same time? I feel like, because there is this 
way of doing business, like it's kind leadership. We yeah. have not to be bad to do businesses. Exactly. We have not to be like this kind of destroyer mm -hmm. or an business animals yes. only to be seen as a good business person. Mm -hmm. I think we can be kind because the baseline for business is the relationship. Yes. And if you are not kind, you have not the relationship. Yes. Fundamental baseline to do business afterwards. Yes. And you have to be in business because you want to have a good life. And something that is different from entrepreneurship than from the corporate world is that in entrepreneurship you are able to choose. Mm -hmm. Choose your team, choose your providers, choose your clients. So. If you are not, if you like corporate because the stability they give you, but in, in the corporate world, there's a lot of insane competition, you know, and envy and blah, blah, blah. And if you can build your own world in entrepreneurship to choose your team, to choose your partner, it's very important the people you surround yourself with. And I think you have to, you have to be proud also. You have to have a good self-esteem in entrepreneurship. Yeah, and I think now I remember it's not only about cultures or countries where we are coming from. Mm -hmm. I can explain as well have some prejudices mm -hmm. <laughs> of the planet. <laughs> but as well as a woman. Oh, also. Yeah, and that's <laughs> another topic. <laughs> one, one friend of mine in, in, in Colombia was like, okay, you're, you're breaking all the prejudice in one in yeah. Europe, you know? Okay, you're a Latin from Colombia and woman. You know, yeah. it's like an entrepreneur, you know, it's like all of them. And it's it's been a challenge, you know, it's been a challenge that it's to have so much strength. Mm -hmm. Because as a woman also, it's very difficult. It's very difficult also to, to do business being a woman. It's not easy. And whatever people say it's easy, it's not. Uh, first, I, uh, I, I was breaking it being an independent lawyer. So... It was hard because I was competing with uh, colleague men as a lawyer. And I had to be very tough and I had to very be very aggressive because if they were aggressive to me, I have to be the same aggressive. I, I wasn't going to start crying because they were aggressive with me. So if they attack me, I will attack three, t three times more in an argument. Because at the end, lawyers win through arguments. And if, if they see you, what's your weak point, they will go there to, to attack you there. So I develop a lot of strength being a lawyer. I, I remember my father, when I went to open my bank account and to do my invoices with my logo, he was like, she's playing to be a lawyer with her own brand, you know? And I was like, I will, and, and everything with discipline and to showing men that, it's not about your looks. It's not a, because in Latin America, oh, she she's good in business because she's pretty. She's good yeah, in business because this. yes, yeah, because she is uh, she is sweet because she smiles and everyone will door, open the doors. And people think the world is like that, you know. Someone in Colombia told me, oh. Yes, they give you the residence in Spain as an entrepreneur. Oh, with those looks, who who would who wouldn't give it to you? And oh my I was like, do you think immigration office will give you a resident of a country? Because how do you look? You know what people just have in mind. Yeah, one thing I learned when the first internship I was doing uh, when I was at the university, it was in a purchase department. 
I had my boss, he was a woman, two women. Mm-hmm. And we were in a telecom uh, company, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they teach me how to negotiate mm-hmm. and how to deal deals of these two million. When Because it was a telecom, so they need the provision for energy mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. with the big corporates. Mm-hmm. And it was very curious because they teach me with law to say, mm-hmm. okay, Hara, you have to know this. You have to know this. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the negotiation tables with them, yeah, you know, here, da, 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 da. So it was amazing to have this opportunity. Yes. And I were women supporting women. Nice. So I think it's very good, like, you have this book mm-hmm. to help mm-hmm. other women yes. to know how to, to negotiate. negotiate. Yes. Because it's so, and I it's think very after important. I apply this everywhere, all my life, all the time. It's not only for the poor change department. No, no, no. For everything. It's a skill you develop. And it's very important. I think that one of the most important skills in life is negotiation. Everyone is wanting recognition, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, being valued. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. wants to be, to feel valued. So business is much more about than than just money. You know, it's people want to be happy. You know, my my co-founder told me, Ones like, yes, it's good to, in our business, to make money, but the most important is to be happy. And that was really interesting because it was, yes, doing business, but keeping it cool and being happy. That was his motivation. And, and, and that's a challenge because how do you business? How do you manage stress and also be happy? But his motivation, his motivation was, was being happy. Doing business and being happy. So, so that's a parameter in, in, in business. And in a corporate, if you say the motivation is being happy, they will look like, yeah. what are you talking about? Uh, I think in some interviews, when I was doing some interviews, I said, what do you want? I said, I'm being happy. And I didn't care what they were thinking about. Sometimes they were okay. Some, some no. They say like, you are nice. You know? Yeah, because it's... The, no, to be incorporated, to mm-hmm. be able to do businesses, you have to be unhappy. Yes. That's nonsense. Yes, totally. And some investors also invest uh, because the business, they will have fun in business. Some people are just so rich, <laughs> you know, that they don't need more money. Mm-hmm. They just need free time or nice time. A or, challenge to do it. Or, or the challenge. <laughs> or because they find interesting the, the mindset of the entrepreneurs, or because they think they will have fun, and that's mm-hmm. their motivation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of investors who invest for passion, for it because they like the entrepreneurs, the energy of the team, you know, they, they're easy to work, they're fun. So it's not just about money. Mm-hmm. People who think that business is just about money, they're, they're not, you know, it's not about money. That's that's not it. It's easier to to make money when you have a good team, when you have good energy, than in. I've been in in projects that's a lot of ego fighting, a lot of bad energy. And bad energy attracts bad bad things. Mm-hmm. Good energy attracts good things. Mm-hmm. In my in my startup, it has a crazy good energy, like people offering things. I will participate. Let me know in how to help you. I will introduce you. And I am all the time, 
What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What? No, then, then we will see. And I will, okay, okay, okay. So it's nice. It's nice. Uh, and you see the best investment is in people. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people can help you op- open a bunch of doors. Yeah. And that is, you can calculate the value of that in a business. So that's a conclusion. Investing in people is it's a really good investment. So inspirational. <laughs> thank you, Gina. No, thank, thank you very you, much. Jaya. It was a huge, super cool <laughs> conversation. <laughs> it was really nice also, the conversation. Thank you very much. And with, with this wonderful view of Amsterdam, with this sunny day, it's a perfect, nice moment. Lots of, lo- of good luck with Nogo. I, I will know you, you will really do a good thing because you're super connected with your startup. So I, I know it will be a good success. Thank you, Gina. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. As usual, you can find a sum up of this podcast with pictures and interviews at noco.net. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Our account is noco platform. See you next month.